Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl Jade here, and welcome back to my fourth episode of my female run podcast, my female run wrestling podcast, Jade Talks Wrestling, and hello from a very, very snowy Northeast Pennsylvania. Now, I know you can't look into my living room as I'm recording this podcast, but I can see a blanket of white snow. It's gorgeous. I got the day off of work. I got a snow day, and I don't know... What I preferred, if I preferred snow days more as a student or if I prefer them now working as a professional in higher education. I think probably now because it means I get the day off of work and I don't have to worry about homework or anything because I'm not a student anymore. But I digress. Now going back into it, I look at the snow and I think about how we are almost to February, which means we are a step closer to WrestleMania. And as we saw last Saturday and Sunday night, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania, baby. I am so excited. Now, of course, this past Saturday and Sunday, we had NXT TakeOver Phoenix, and we had the very traditional, the very great, one of the big four, the Royal Rumble. So, looking back, I think, I think it's no secret that NXT TakeOvers have always put the main roster shows to shame constantly. No matter what takeover it is, no matter who is on the card, takeover really always delivers. And the, the card only has five matches. Takeover only has five matches, and they are five terrific, phenomenal matches. I don't think you can look at a takeover card and be like, you know what, that wasn't a really good takeover card because they're all great. But Royal Rumble this year, it really stepped up. It stepped up to the plate. I thought it hit a home run. Sure, there were some lags. There were some not great matches. Sure, like, as a wrestling fandom, I'm sure we probably wanted a few championship changes. Um, Finn Balor, if you're listening. (laughs) So, other than a few kind of wonky, not that great moments at the Royal Rumble, I thought this year was 10 times better than last year. 10 times better than last year. And last year, I was in the crowd. I was in the crowd. I was there in Philadelphia for the Royal Rumble. And I have to say, sitting at home and watching um, Royal Rumble from my couch while it was in Phoenix, it was terrific. This year's Royal Rumble, out of the water, so good. Can't wait to be on the road to WrestleMania. Cannot wait to see the WrestleMania card kind of develop more. So going back to NXT TakeOver, I think we really need to talk about how great of moments there were. I mean, we saw the War Raiders defeat Undisputed Era for the uh, NXT Tag Team titles, which mm, I would have liked to have seen Undisputed Era retain using, using some dastardly tactics in the way of Bobby Fish. I was a little disappointed that Bobby Fish wasn't even ringside for it because he has been such a funny character to watch ringside. I mean, of course, I prefer him in the ring. I prefer him and Kyle tagging over any other kind of grouping in Undisputed Era. I prefer Red Dragon over anything else, even Future Shock. You know, I I prefer Red Dragon. But to see that Kyle and Roddy were out there kind of by themselves, Adam Cole didn't even do the entrance with them, which I thought was really weird. Now, I know he was in a tournament during Royal Rumble Access, but I thought it was a little weird that they did not have 
Adam Cole or Bobby Fish ringside. Now, Bobby Fish did do the entrance with Kyle and Roderick, but he did not go ringside, which I think if I would have booked it, I would have had Bobby Fish ringside and, of course, create some dastardly tactics so Undisputed Era could retain their titles. But I'm more excited now because it means now there's the possibility of a different pairing in Undisputed Era to go after the tag team titles because, yes, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly are great together, but they're not amazing together. They're not like Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, or they're not like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, or they're not Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, which I think would be a very interesting pairing, but I think there would be way too much kind of ego because they both seem like natural born leaders to me. So I think pairing up Roderick Strong and Adam Cole would be really interesting. But I also think pairing up Bobby Fish and Adam Cole to go after the tag team titles would be a little interesting. So I'm curious to see where that one goes. And then the second match of the night, which I thought was really weird that it was put on very, very early on the card. I figured um, it would be Actually, no, I'm getting my matches. I'm getting my matches mixed up. So the second match of the night was Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. So I all like cards on the table. I'm not a huge fan of Matt Riddle. I, I think he's an amazing performer, but I just don't really like the bro gimmick. It's not really, it's not really my thing. I think it's weird that he wrestles without shoes, but that could just be because I'm not a huge fan of feet. But so we saw Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono kind of continue their feud that has been boiling since Matt Riddle debuted in NXT, which I really thought that this match was going to be another kind of squash match like the NXT in Los Angeles was. I thought it would be like a squash match. I thought we would see Cassius kind of go down for the count real quickly. I mean, I don't know if anyone actually thought that Cassius had a chance of winning because I just don't see them ending Matt Riddle's undefeated streak yet. I'm sure he'll go undefeated for quite a while until he ultimately challenges for the NXT um, championship. But don't sleep on Cassius Ono. He put on he puts on a great match no matter who he's against. You have him against Matt Riddle, great match. You had him against Velveteen Dream, great match. I'm just, I'm hoping for one day to really see Cassius kind of go up to the main roster and, you know, team with Cesaro. I think, I think that would be great. Not that they haven't teamed before, you know, hint, hint, let's, let's bring Cassius up. Um, let Matt Riddle feud with someone else in MXT. I'm not really sure who yet, but the, the main roster really needs Cassius Ono, and Cassius Ono kind of needs the main roster. That way he's no longer used as kind of always being defeated on NXT TakeOvers because he does he does deserve kind of the big times and having those big matches and coming out victorious. So the third match of the night, which I thought was going to be, which I, for some reason, earlier in the podcast, I said was going to be the second match, but it wasn't the second match, it was the third match of the night, which I was surprised, again, that it was kind of so early on the card, I thought maybe there was a possibility that this match would be the main event, I didn't know, because obviously Johnny Takeover main events a lot of takeovers, he really, really, he main events, he's incredible 
at TakeOver, so I thought maybe he would main event. But so the third match of the night, we had Ricochet defending his North American Championship against Johnny freaking wrestling, Mr. TakeOver himself, Johnny Gargano. And this match, if it doesn't win match of the year, I am calling it now. Johnny versus Ricochet is going to be match of the year for 2019 for NXT because they, sorry Seth Rollins, no pun intended, they burned it down. I was on the edge of my seat the entire match because you have Ricochet who is superhuman. He's a superhero. He His flips, just Ricochet is so good. And then you have Johnny Gargano who is a crowd favorite. Um, well, what he was a crowd favorite. Now he's kind of gone through some character changes, which I think is amazing because I think what Johnny is playing right now is like this kind of delusional anti-hero where he is convinced he is the hero. He is convinced he is the good guy in this situation, but more and more he's showing that He's not the good guy. He's the bad guy. But Johnny is still convinced that he is the hero. Um, so I think we're seeing like an anti-hero. We're seeing more of a villainous Johnny takeover, which I think is great character development because you had him losing so many takeover matches. He was getting so close and he always had a smile on his face and he was so happy. And now you shift him to this more to a darker character and he finally wins his first singles title in WWE which has been a long time coming I really wished um when he faced Tommaso that he finally got the NXT championship but spoiler alert I think that might happen at NXT TakeOver New York before Wrestlemania I'm still thinking I really I'm really still thinking that somehow they're going to face each other. I don't know if we're going to do, like, a champion versus champion match or how we're going to work it, but I still think that Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are going to face each other at NXT TakeOver New York. So that match, like I said, had me on the edge of my seat and to finally see Johnny grab that brass ring and to be a champion, I think made the entire show for me. I have watched him um, since he got to WWE. I have watched him before. Unfortunately, I was supposed to see him a few weeks ago at Evolve, but the snowstorm kind of ruined it for me. But I'm seeing him in a few weeks at NXT Poughkeepsie. So also, if you're going to NXT Poughkeepsie, say hi to me. I can't wait for the show. It will be almost two years to the day since I saw NXT live for the first time, and that really kind of changed the way I viewed professional wrestling before because I'd always been a fan of professional wrestling, but seeing NXT and then seeing all these independent wrestlers who I loved and like wish they were in WWE, but it never seemed possible. And then I never was able to see them because growing up in Vermont was not a huge independent scene and it was really hard to travel because I'd had to travel like four or so hours or four or five hours for a wrestling show and it was just really hard. So I got to see um, NXT in, I believe it was Albany. It was Albany, and now I'm seeing it in Poughkeepsie, and I cannot wait. So a little, like, shout-out there. If you guys are going to NXT 
Poughkeepsie, please get a hold of me and let's meet up and let's have a great time because I'm so excited for some wrestling. But so we finally see Johnny get his chance and then kind of, I, I know I'm kind of skipping to the end. I know we still have to talk about two more matches on the NXT TakeOver card, but I think it would go without saying that the ending of NXT TakeOver Phoenix was amazing to see the to see the um them paying like a tribute to NXT Takeover Philadelphia which I was there it was my first NXT Takeover to see them paying that tribute to when Johnny was at the top of the ramp and he wasn't successful and he was kind of sitting there and you see Tommaso Ciampa come out and crack him one in the back with the crutch and kind of finally start that feud that we had been waiting for so long because Tommaso got injured. And then you see Johnny come out with his newly won North American championship, Tommaso holding his recently retained NXT title, and them to both kind of hold it up and signify that a heel DIY is back. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. I really wish um, NXT was a few hours a week because I think waiting until Wednesday and then only having an hour, only having an hour of wrestling is such torture to me. Only having an hour of NXT is complete torture. I wish every month there was an NXT takeover. I know that probably doesn't sound the best and like after I say it out loud, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem the best because maybe the NXT takeovers would significantly diminish and um and how great they are if they were every single month but then again I think maybe every like two months maybe every two months having an NXT takeover because waiting so long and only having a couple takeovers a year is torture because the NXT roster is stacked and there are so many potential feuds that you could visit. And there are so many breakout stars in NXT to kind of focus on. Speaking of breakout stars, I think it would go without saying that though Bianca Belair did not win on Saturday night against Shayna Baszler, she proved she has it. Bianca Belair has it. She is without a doubt a star. And... I think watching the pre-show, I was a little I was a little peeved when you see Sam Roberts, which I'm sure he was being fed stuff to say, but to see Sam Roberts kind of diminish Bianca Belair and say, like, there's no way in hell she was going to beat Shayna Baszler. I mean, I originally predicted that Bianca Belair was going to win via disqualification, so keep Shayna's title safe, but at the same time, keep... Bianca Belair's undefeated streak safe. I thought that was going to happen. I thought we were going to see. Well, obviously, we did see uh, interference from Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke, but I thought that would have kind of ended the match. But to see Bianca Belair really hold her own and create some great offense and tell a great story, I think for it to be Bianca Belair's first very, very significant NXT takeover match I think it goes it goes without saying that Bianca Belair is a star and she is going to go down as an absolute legend in women's wrestling I can't wait to see her develop more and wrestle even more 
even more matches and then to get to the main roster and just kill it. I think looking at the main roster talent, I think Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair would put down some phenomenal matches. I think those two are the ones that I really want to see feud the most. I think to have um, Bianca Belair come in to go against Sasha because they are both very like sassy, very strong women. So that's one thing that I would really like. I'd also really like to see, of course, Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair. I think that would be a great match to see. But overall, there were no complaints against Bianca Belair versus Shayna Baszler. I thought they both looked great. I knew Shayna was going to retain. I'm really glad Shayna retained her championship because I don't know if any other NXT woman is really ready um, to take it. And then I don't really know if there's any spot for uh, Shayna Baszler on the main roster right now. Like, I know, of course, there's the four horsewomen of WWE versus the four horsewomen of MMA, but Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke just aren't, ready yet for that match I mean no no fault of theirs they're both two amazing athletes but they haven't been wrestling for very long and I think as a fan I would like to see all eight women be very well trained and be ready to put on the four horsewomen of MMA versus the four horsewomen of WWE because they have been they've been going with this storyline for quite a while I think it was a couple Wrestlemania's ago when Ronda Rousey was first there and of course you had Charlotte Flair and you had Becky Lynch and you had Bailey and you had Sasha Banks and they were calling themselves the four horsewomen of WWE and then Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir uh four horsewomen of MMA so I think I would like to see those two train a little bit more before we see that match and of course the last match on the card we had Tomas Champa against Alistair Black. Um, I think it goes without saying, of course, this was an amazing match. Um, Alistair Black is certainly ready for the main roster, and I'm eager to see a couple couple matches on the main roster for him. Now, I'm figuring he might go to SmackDown Live, but I am really, really holding on to hope that we see him on Raw and kind of segueing into... Royal Rumble from NXT TakeOver, I think segueing, let's just talk about the men's rumble. Let's talk about the men's rumble. So we had, we had quite a few little surprises, little NXT surprises in the men's Royal Rumble. Um, number six was Johnny Gargano. Now, let me tell you, I was watching and when I heard this Rebel Heart start playing, I literally had tears down my eyes like as lame as it sounds like tears because I was so incredibly proud to see him be in the Royal Rumble um it was totally unexpected too because I was expecting someone like Ricochet to be in the Royal Rumble or Adam Cole to be in the Royal Rumble or Velveteen Dream to be in the Royal Rumble but to get one of the very few NXT spots to have him go to Johnny it was it was amazing. It was amazing. And then, of course, to see... I have a few dream feuds now after seeing Johnny in the ring. I think it goes without saying Johnny Gargano versus Mustafa Ali would be amazing. Johnny Gargano versus Seth Rollins. And then I think this is kind of like my wild card of feuds that I would like to see. But I would really, really 
Johnny does very well against larger opponents because he's a smaller guy and like an underdog and Johnny does really really well in those feuds so placing Johnny Gargano against Samoa Joe I know we saw like teases and like snippets of that but yeah that was pretty great so that was one of my favorite surprises and then another huge surprise number 21 being Alistair Black and I think the biggest surprise when I saw Alistair Black, because I like figured he'd be in the Royal Rumble because his main roster debut has to be happening very, very soon. If it doesn't happen soon, I am predicting after WrestleMania, he'll definitely be one of the call-ups because there's just nothing left for him in NXT. There really isn't. He's done everything. He's ready for the main roster. But a feud that I want to happen right now, like right this instant, Alistair Black versus... Dean Ambrose. Yes, I know it might sound weird, but Dean does very, very well against people who can hold their own on the mic and in the ring. And Aleister Black can do both. His promos are fire. His ring talent is amazing. So to see Aleister Black versus Dean Ambrose, I think would be pretty special. And also the fact that that Aleister Black was the one that eliminated Dean Ambrose. And I was very surprised that Dean Ambrose kind of left the Royal Rumble really, really early. That was that was kind of a surprise. I certainly figured he'd be in, like, the final four or five along with Seth Rollins because, I mean, I think it was quite obvious the entire time that Seth Rollins was going to win the Royal Rumble. I don't really think anyone had any kind of other predictions besides Seth Rollins. I think it was very obvious that the reports were calling, like the wrestling dirt sheets were calling months ago that it was going to be Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, which, surprise, surprise, it's going to be Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm wondering if they're going to throw a third person in or if they're finally going to give Rollins kind of that that spotlight in that match like yeah a few Wrestlemania's ago he cashed in his money in the bank contract but he didn't main event that Wrestlemania that was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar so finally Seth Rollins kind of has that maybe promise of a main event do I think they should main event no I think the main event should go to Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey because Becky Lynch is the hottest thing WWE has. The man is, she's just that. She's the man. She's the best in the business. Becky Lynch is straight fire. So we see that and I think someone we have to talk about that did really, really well in the Royal Rumble that stayed for a while that I'm hoping maybe next in line to a WWE title shot would be Andrade. Andrade Cien. Well, oops, we, we lost the Cien almost. So just Andrade. Andrade did absolutely incredible. And kind of, if it was up to me, I would leave Andrade and Seth Rollins until the end. I wouldn't have left Braun Strowman until the end because, I don't know, I'm just I'm not a big fan of Braun Strowman. He's very talented. He's very good. I understand why a lot of people like him. But I think... It was super predictable that once he entered the Royal Rumble, he was going to be part of the final two. And I think I would have liked to have seen the final two been like Andrade and Seth Rollins. Because then you wouldn't actually know if maybe maybe Andrade would have pulled it out and like 
Seth Rollins wouldn't have won, but, I mean, we've done Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar before, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Brock Lesnar does really, really well when the wrestler is tinier than him and more agile and ready to roll. So I think that's why we also saw kind of switching gears away from the men's Royal Rumble, switching gears into Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. It was a great match. It honestly was. And I am not a fan of Brock Lesnar at all. I think he shouldn't be Universal Champion. I would not care if he was never in another WWE match in his life. I think I think they're boring. I think um, it's quite obvious that he does it for the money. I don't think the passion is there, which is why, like, yeah, I was a bit bummed Finn Balor didn't win because if Finn Balor won, it meant that, you know, the, w- uh, the Universal Championship would be back on Raw full-time and not once every three months during one of the big four pay-per-views. I think that's it's kind of disappointing when you place your top championship on Raw on someone who is never there. I think I think it's bad. I think it's not a smart choice. I don't know anyone who is like, yeah, Brock Lesnar's champion. It's my favorite thing in the world. I don't I don't know anyone. Maybe there are people like that, but all the wrestling fans I associate myself with um, are not like that. So that was a great match. And then moving gears towards, I think, my favorite match of the night, the Women's Royal Rumble match. You guys, I was there last year for the inaugural Royal Rumble match, and it was great. It was great because it was the first one ever. But this one, this one was Fantastic. I think my favorite part is that instead of relying so heavily on the legends, which, yeah, I mean, I'm very disappointed I didn't get to see Lita because Lita is my all-time favorite. And, yeah, I would have wished, like, Maurice would have jumped in the ring instead of Maria Canellas. I wish that we had saved that legend spot for someone like Maurice or someone like Michelle McCool or someone like Lita or Trish Stratus. But I think it is so special that we saw so many NXT women. I mean, what we saw, we saw Zia Lee, we saw Casey Catanzaro, we saw Rhea Ripley, we saw Io Shirai, we saw Kari Sane, we saw Candice LeRae, which was so cool. I like heard her theme and it like took me a second and then I was like, oh, what? I'm like, that's Candice wrestling, which I think it's very special and I hope um, it brings more eyes to her as a wrestler and not just as Johnny's wife because she is so much more than just Johnny's wife. She is a huge intergender wrestler which I think WWE might be kind of bringing back some intergender wrestling with seeing how Nia Jax was in the Royal Rumble which I would have wished. I like understand why it was Nia because she's a She's a bigger girl, so she kind of exudes that, like, power. But I also kind of would have liked if they put Rhea Ripley in there. I mean, Rhea Ripley, she's ripped. She is so powerful. She would definitely be someone great to put in the Men's Royal Rumble. But I think uh, I think the Men's Royal Rumble should have kind of been limited to men because there were so many men on the main roster who 
didn't get a shot inside the Royal Rumble, so I thought it was a kind of a little weird to have Nia Jax attack R-Truth to be number 30 in the Royal Rumble when it could have been anybody else. You could have brought back a super duper big surprise. Kenny Omega, I'm talking to you. Just kidding. I know, I know he's still under New Japan contract, and I know he probably won't sign to WWE. So guys, please, please, please don't come after me. Don't kind of, don't try to drag me because I want Kenny Omega in WWE. I understand that he's probably gonna go to like all elite wrestling, but a girl could dream. A girl could dream in the entire time at the Royal Rumble. I was I was dreaming Kenny Omega was going to hit that ring and destroy Seth Rollins. That was my big hope. That was my big hope after the Men's Royal Rumble when it was kind of, it kind of ended early and I was looking and I'm like, is Kenny Omega going to make, like, did they buy out his contract? Is he going to finally make his much anticipated debut? And then my, like, logical, the logical part of my brain kind of kicked in and I was like, what are you doing? Kenny Omega's not signing to WWE. Are you crazy? So other than that, I think um, the Women's Royal Rumble, having Becky Lynch win, best for business. Best idea for business. Um, I was actually kind of predicting a, what was it? The Royal Rumble of 1994, a double finish. I think it was 94. I'm going to have to fact check afterwards. But what I was predicting is that we were going to see a double finish between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair to set up for that main event of, of WrestleMania to see Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. But I'm really hoping WWE leaves it just Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair because I think Becky really deserves to have that moment without another one of the horsewomen there. Do I think Charlotte Flair deserves a moment too? Yes, I do. I think she deserves her own WrestleMania moment. There is a possibility. I saw during the Women's Royal Rumble, I think one of the matches that I don't think I would mind seeing would be Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair. They're both powerful women. Um, my feelings for Lacey Evans aside, I think it would be put. It would put on a great match. We also saw Kyrie uh, Sane and Charlotte Flair, and I'm wondering how that dynamic would work. I think it would be very, very interesting. Another one of the feuds that I saw that I would love um, in the Royal Rumble, unfortunately not for a while because we just got reports that Ember is going to have to have surgery on her elbow and she's going to be out for quite a bit of time would be Ember Moon versus Alexa Bliss. We kind of got... I kind of got sidetracked because Alexa was injured and out for like four months and now Ember is injured and out for however long she's going to be out. So we never got to experience Alexa Bliss versus Ember Moon. But I'm really hoping when Ember is back and when Ember is healthy, she'll be back to face Alexa Bliss. And then what else was on the card of Royal Rumble? The Royal Rumble card was so stacked. It was so long. Oh, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. I thought it was really interesting that Eric Rowan showed up. That was that was not something I was predicting. It was not something I thought was going to happen to see him kind of show up with this new style. And I don't know if it's a new, like, 
vegan style. I'm really excited to watch SmackDown to hopefully kind of get an explanation for why the heck Eric Rowan showed up. And then I was also kind of waiting for Luke Harper. And I didn't know if we were going to play off of, what was it, 2014 when Daniel Bryan was um, kind of, was it, is brainwashed the right, the right um, word, kind of brainwashed by the Wyatt family. So I'm very interested to see where this kind of new development leads. And also with AJ Styles losing the WWE um, title rematch, I'm very curious where this leads AJ Styles, kind of what his next feud is, or if he's going to take some time off and take a lighter schedule, which I was reading kind of the dirt sheets and that's what AJ Styles has wanted, is he has wanted a lighter schedule to kind of be with his family more. I mean, I don't blame him. He's in his 40s. He has been wrestling for a really long time, and I'm sure his body feels it. So I'm very curious. And then I'm curious as to who is going to be Daniel Bryan's next challenger. It'll probably be a phase because, you know, Daniel Bryan is playing the vegan heel, which I think is I think is very interesting. Um it's kind of a weird way to be booed because um, obviously Daniel Bryan is so over with the crowd and to have him kind of base his villainous persona on being a vegan who wants people to stop being so wasteful and better to the environment, which needs to happen. People do need to be um, better to the environment and they do need to stop being so wasteful. I, I think it's very interesting that WWE looks at that as a kind of a more heel persona. So overall, NXT TakeOver Phoenix was great. Royal Rumble was great. Now going forward, we are on the road to WrestleMania and there are a few things that I would like to see get better before WrestleMania. And I think the biggest one, which everybody talks about, is WWE needs to treat their main roster tag teams better. There's there's no question about it. They need to treat their main roster tag teams better. So uh, tune in next week for my podcast on why tag team wrestling matters and why I would like to see WWE treat their tag teams better. Until next time, please like this podcast, share it with all your friends. If you are not following me on social media, my Instagram, my personal Instagram is at ohellojade, O-H-H-E-L-L-O-J-A-D-E, at ohellojade. And then my wrestling Instagram is at jadetalkswrestling. My Twitter is at ohellojade. So, Say hi, like my selfies, tweet me some stuff. Don't slide into my DMs. That's a little weird. Not going to suggest that. Don't slide into my DMs unless you want to slide into my DMs to tell me how great my podcast is and that you would like to me to continue and you would like to collaborate on with me on my podcast. Also, are you in the market for very, very comfy clothes, comfy wrestling clothes? You should check out Collar X Elbow, Collar and Elbow brand, and you can use my discount code 
Oh, hello, Jade, to save some money. So that's right. Go pick out some wrestling shirts. They are the comfiest shirts I have ever worn in my life. Like, they put the WWE shop shirts to shame with how comfy these shirts are. Again, collar and elbow brand. Use my discount code, Oh, hello, Jade, to save some money on your purchase. Until next time, see you guys later. Bye.